0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Office, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Brian J. Henderson.
2: And I'm your co-host, Greg Turner.
1: Greg, how are you today?
2: (laughs) I'm on fire, man. The, the, The flesh is tired, but everything
1: else, I'm on fire. I hear you, I hear you. You know, Greg and I, just recently, did a uh, taping for a local TV show, and uh, actually it's in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. And he and I drove six hours up, six hours back, same day.
0: <laughs>
1: so he, so we're both a little weary. Yeah. But we're not broken.
2: Oh no. Oh no, no. You know what, Brian? I was talking with a young lady today, and she was telling me that uh, some 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 of her friends are dealing with pornographic stuff and. It seems like it's starting to take over And it's, uh, you know, it's affecting the the families now Um, They have children And, you know, it's just a sad thing when something like that uh, uh, takes over But they have to, you know, I I, I would say the family have to realize that at some point They're going to have to face that thing That husband and wife, they're going to have to stand up to each other and say You know what, we can get past this together and it, it is something that You know Satan is just roaming And he's trying to tear families apart right now And that's just one of the tools of it and Then also you have the homosexuality You have all these other things You have uh, women right now That are dealing with being raped And molested at such a young age And it's affecting them now Into their adulthood And you know that is really something For someone to have to deal with At this stage And if you don't know God if you don't know God, what in the world will you do, Brian? It just seems like people are snapping all over the place now, nowadays. And I know you. I know you see it. You're out there. I know you see it, Brian.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, just here locally, there was a school teacher who was recently just sentenced to 15 years in prison for possessing child pornography. You know, and he was a very respected teacher. He loved him. He was at a uh, a private institution, a private, actually a, uh, a private high school here in town. And, you know, yet with him being loved and respected by all these people, he had a hidden secret, and it was that he was addicted to child pornography. You know, and so you never know who you're dealing with. You never know what people are secretly dealing with. And, you know, even now, like you said before, there's some families out there that are dealing with these things, you know, these uh, these hidden truths. Where they were molested Or they were, you know, uh, raped And some of those beha- some of those, Because of some of those things That happened to them Now they have these, you know These spirits that have been placed in them That they can't shake loose You know, that they can't get rid of And one of that spirit is A spirit of looking at pornography Yes. yes. You know, I remember um, As a youth, it was sort of Hey, you know, don't do that Don't do that, don't look at that You know, and it was like now, you know, everybody was playing house. You know, oh, let's play house. You know, and, and not everybody knew that that was molestation because you had the older kids want to play house with the younger kids. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when that comes out in the wash, and they say, well, where'd you learn that from? Oh, well, such and such did that to me. And they told me we were playing house. You know, I talked with a lady the other day, and uh, she was saying how there was a a young child who was molesting another child, you know, it was, I think it was a five-year-old and he was, he, he was molesting another five-year-old and, you know, they were trying to figure out how did this child learn this behavior, you know, and that's the thing about the hidden truth. Eventually it'll be revealed. Oh yeah, it
2: will. And Brian, you know what? And one thing that the, the enemy will do to people that, have been dealing with uh, issues such as this, he'll keep bringing it back. He'll keep bringing it back, and, and it's like they can't escape this thing, and, it, and, and he'll just keep bringing it back. When they start moving up, elevating themselves up higher and higher, when God is calling them up to do things, they'll battle with that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They'll battle with that, the hidden truth. And that's the topic for tonight, Brian. The, the topic is the hidden truth. And tonight we have a mighty woman of God on on the call. Yeah. You know, as a special guest of ours, and and I reached out to her a couple of weeks ago, and she immediately said, you know what, yeah, I'll come on and I'll do the show. And I said, you have no idea how many people's lives you're going to touch by the things that you're going to share, because so many people, they just don't have a clue of what they're dealing with. This thing is a monster. This phone sex and this cyber sex, this thing is a silent killer. It's destroying families. But I won't hold her up anymore. I want to bring her on. Tonight we have our best-selling author, Elder Monica Brown. Monica Brown, are you there?
3: Good evening.
2: How are you? Hi. How you doing? I
3: am blessed. How you all doing today? We're doing well. You know, we're
2: so glad to have you on.
3: I'm so glad to be a part of your uh, radio family tonight. <laughs> man, <laughs> yes. Man.
2: You know what? I, I, I read some of the things that you post on on MySpace all the time. And it's just amazing what your company and what you're doing as an author. Uh, one of your books is very, very. Um, I think it's something that everybody should have on their shelf. Is exposing the hidden truth of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. How yeah. in the world? Where did you get this this book from? Where did you get this 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 notion to write this book?
3: Wow, actually, um, from about 1999 till about the end of 2002, I actually practiced lesbianism. And being in that lifestyle and, you know, living that lifestyle for those years, it took me fast. I only spent three years in that particular lifestyle, but it seemed like I had practiced that thing for about 20 years because it took me very fast. I went from just actually being in a lesbian relationship to actually dancing in a gentleman's club to actually dating a married man who was my customer to actually going to the, you know, the gay clubs and doing lip sync and so forth. So it was like sin will always take you further than you plan to go and it keep you longer than you plan to stay.
0: Hmm.
3: Yeah. And that's what happened with me. And so when God delivered me, I actually flew to Detroit. Um, I have a spiritual mother in Detroit, Priscilla Ellington, and she took me through what you call a process of deliverance and we went into a 24-hour shut-in. And, you know, in January, it's really cold in Detroit.
0: (laughs) So we were
3: in this church, and I was freezing. You know, I I was like I thought she was going to cast the devil out of me, not freeze him out, but I didn't care. It was like whatever it takes to be delivered and set free, I'm willing. And a lot of people say that's the old-fashioned way about purging and all that stuff, but it's whatever it Mm takes, and that worked for me.
0: Well wow, that's awesome We're good. so
3: and God began to deal with me about writing this book, and I wrote it, and here we are
2: <laughs> what what has been the response of the people in in your church what are what are they saying about it?
3: Well, the book's been out since about oh four mm-hmm. um and a lot of people it's amazing because a lot of people that do actually attend the churches I actually actually attend will contact me, and I'm really funny and kind of leery about really dealing with people in my church, especially you know. When they have a covering in the head, so a lot of times I'm kind of leery. Although my ministry is outside of my church, you know, it sometimes can be kind of touchy, so pretty leery and stuff. So a lot of times I have to let people go through the website and buy the book, or actually just go to church and purchase the book, and then we can go from there. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
3: But I've talked to a lot of people. It's amazing how many people actually just come to me and, and, you know, their children are dealing with, you know, homosexuality, and they are crying out, looking for help and answers, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go. And I think that more churches should really have, you know, groups set up for people that have already been delivered and set free to actually mentor people that are dealing with either their children or themselves trying to be delivered and set free from the Spirit.
1: Yes. You know, I was just about to ask you about that. Um, You know, I think the problem with, and, and maybe even the reason that a lot of people in your church may come to you and ask you, or people in the church in general may come to you and ask you about that, is because there aren't any, you know, churches that are willing to step up to the forefront you know and a lot of times, i mean do you think it's because of the uh because of what it is because it's sin
3: yeah it's sin but uh, it's
1: it's a different type of sin you know you what, know what?
3: it's not it's not and that's what's so funny is that it's not no different than a person fornicating it's no different from a person um committing adultery it's no different from somebody masturbating or watching pornography it's all viewed to God as sin and it's all sexual immorality and it doesn't matter if I'm fornicating and, and the next person is uh, a homosexual. If we do not repent, and repent means to turn away from that which I'm doing, then guess what? We're going to bust the lake open together. <laughs> because you have to repent. you cannot, I don't, and I don't know where people get this from, I can be Christian and uh, gay. I can be a Christian. No, you cannot be a Christian and practice sin. How do you practice sin knowing the Bible says he that know it to do good and do it not to him. It is sin. So how is it that you continue to practice sin and call yourself Christ-like? The Bible says, come out from among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So you have to make a choice. You're either going to be hot or you're going to be cold. The Bible says, don't be a little warm, because why? He said, I'm going to spit you out, because I can't stand that warmness in my mouth. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: yeah. you know that was a set question, right? Oh, you
3: know, I know you know the truth, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: but, but, but you know, sadly, there are people out there who think like that. that yeah, it That is. particular sin is worse than any other sin. It
3: is not. You it, know? The reason why they look at it like that is because they see two of the same sex together. They just be like, ooh, that's just, that's just nasty. And they feel like they can't forgive or get past that. But if you deal with, see, with me, I got in homosexuality. Through a transfer of a spirit, I slept with a heterosexual guy who had slept with women that were bisexual. Hmm. Because, and God revealed that to me because spirits transfer whenever, that's why when God ordained sex, he ordained it specifically for marriage. He said the two shall become one. Why? Because you take on that other person's spirit. Hmm. And see, we're right here sleeping with people that we are not married to, and we ain't doing them, but passing spirits back and forth and picking up spirits as we go. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like you just woke up and said, you know, I want to be gay. you got to transfer of the spirit, especially if you did it around, you know, like in your 20s and all that, all of a sudden you want to come out the closet. Nah, you ain't came out that deep and just woke up.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: then some people, the spirit is attached to their generation, to their bloodline. So when you see little kids and, and they say, well, you know, I've been knowing since I was two and three, or they looked at little Johnny and was like, yeah, he's going to be gay. Well, yeah, because that spirit was attached to that bloodline. It's not a genetic gene. No, it's a generational curse. And we got to deal with it for what it is. Well, see, people don't teach that in the church. And so because we don't teach it, guess what? We don't know. we got a generation who don't know nothing about transferring the spirit and nothing about generational curses because they're not being taught.
0: Right.
1: You know, I um, I was thinking, as you were talking, I was thinking about how, you know, I had, I've had some friends who would say, oh, yeah, I was with two girls at the same time,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know. Or they they don't see and they and you know and they don't see anything wrong with that.
3: No, they don't because yeah. you're dealing with a Ask generation. Him,
1: you know what if what if this girl wanted to introduce an, a guy mm-hmm. into the thing and be, all three of y'all be together and they'd be like, no man, that's nasty. And I'm like, but that's what you're doing.
3: Yeah, that's what you're doing. You're doing the same thing. What's well, different? It's no different. And then I hear people say all the time. That man, you know, I don't have no problem with two women getting together. That's sexy, man. That turned me on. I watch that all day. But two men, man, that's nasty. Both of them is nasty because both of them going to hell if they don't repent.
1: Exactly.
3: <laughs> so it don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they pull out that scripture in the Bible talking about, you know, in Matthew, the seventh chapter, the first verse, it says, judge ye not. You know, but you need to keep researching the Bible because we can deal with you. If we're in the body of Christ, guess what? We can deal with your sin.
0: Mm-hmm. We can
3: deal with your sin according to the word of God. I can take you through Ephesians, the fifth chapter. You know what I'm saying? I can take you through another scripture in the Bible. I think it's in Corinthians where Paul said, let's just don't put them out of church. You know, don't associate with them. Don't eat with them. Don't fool with them. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not talking about people in the world. He said, I'm talking about church folks. He said, because if we're we talking about people unsaved, then guess what? You have to re- move yourself out of the, uh, out of the world because gonna, we're going to always have a sinners with us. But we're talking about the Bible was written to the church, to the Christians, not to the sinners. And they put a couple of scriptures in there to them, and they're all telling them to get saved. That's it. So you know what I'm saying? So we're talking about church people. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and it, it, I don't understand how is it that you can be a leader in the pulpit and you popping butt." Hmm. With all type of young kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you call yourself a man of God. You, you ain't just got an issue, you got a sickness. That's a sickness. Because you already misleading the body, and then you messing up a generation of young men. And then you're manipulating them. You're causing the people not to ever want to be saved. Hmm. Because they trusted you as a leader, and you messed over them. Hmm. I hear stuff like that all the time.
2: And it's happening all the time.
3: All the time. It's all the time. And then what's so bad, you got leaders that, that don't want to live, say. So they begin to take the scripture and make it fit to their liking. But so then you got a church that's coming behind them that's going by what the leaders say instead of getting into the word of God and seeing what the word say for yourself. My, my, my. Taking time to study the word. Because the Bible says study to show that self approved unto God. You know what I'm saying? It tells you to study it. You're still going to be held accountable for it. That's why you take your eyes off the man and woman the God, you begin to put your eyes on Jesus because they'll fail you because they're human. They're going to make a mistake. They're going to mess up. It's inevitable. They're going to do it. They're human. They're in flesh. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, guess what? You're not going to fall. You're not going to want to backslide. You're not going to want to give up on God. And you can't make excuses and say, well, because so-and-so did it and Bishop Tutu did it, then guess what? I can do it too. No. You're still going to be held accountable for yourself. This is an individual walk. This is not a corporate walk. Hmm. We're individuals. We all got to see him for ourselves. Hmm. So we got to make a righteous decision and say, you know what? It's nothing more important than having it right between my soul and my Savior. I don't care what the bishop is doing. I don't care what the pope is doing. I don't care what the apostle is doing. I still gotta have a one on one between me and him. Hmm. Right or wrong. you right. You're right. You can go right. to a church all day long because your leader doing it, you and your leader both going to hell if y'all don't get it together. It's Amen. just the Bible.
1: Amen. That's right. Stop
3: playing with it. You know what I'm saying? We wanna play with it and we wanna rectify it and justify why we messed up. Just say call it what it is. It's sin. I messed up, I repent. Forgive me, I was wrong. When I was in homosexuality, I was a backslider. I told people all the time, if I die today, I'm going to hell because what I'm doing is not right. I ain't never justified being a lesbian. I knew it was wrong. I ain't never justified fornication. It's wrong. Mm. It is what it is. It's sin. Mm. It's not right. And if more people begin to confess the fact that, you know what, yeah, I am a lesbian, but you know what, it is wrong. But guess what? You know what? I need to get this part of my life right with God. And stop justifying that mess, thinking that it's okay. And God just gonna love? Yes, He loves you, but He hates the sin that you're in. Sin separates you from having a righteous relationship with God. Sin does. If He couldn't look at His look at His own Son on the cross, if He turned His back to His only Son when He was carrying the weight of our sin to the cross, how He gonna look at you? What makes you more uh, better than Jesus? Come on. Mm, mm,
2: mm. Elder Brown, let me ask you this: Do you think in the churches? Do you think a lot of this is happening in the church because they are afraid to address the issue for what it is?
3: They come, it's happening in the church. Why? One, like you just said, they're afraid to address it. Yes, they don't want to deal with it. And then you've got people dealing with it that ain't never been there. You don't, want to deal with, you don't want to bring the people in there that have been delivered and set free for whatever reason. You're trying to deal with something that you really don't have a clue. you trying not pulled up something on the internet and researched it, but you ain't talked to the real people that's been there and done that. Because I want to hear a testimony from somebody that's been where I've where I been. You know what I'm saying? Well, the situation I'm in right now, I want to, if I'm going through a single issue, I don't really want to talk to the married people. Find me another single that's holding on like I'm holding on and tell me how to hold on and tell me how to continue to walk down this. But no, they don't want to address because if I address that, then guess what? Then I'm going to have to address fornication and adultery. Hmm. And I really don't want to do that because then you're going to be in my business and I don't want you in my business.
0: <laughs>
3: you see what I'm saying? Yes.
0: Yeah.
3: I want you in my business, so no, I can't, I can't touch that. Because then I'm going to have to put everybody. I'm going to have to sit. if more churches really went back to the old way of setting these leaders down and stop letting them over the people, guess what? We would have a better church. But we just look past and well, i got to have a praise and worship leader. Not if he's a punk, you don't.
1: Oh, Lord Ooh. Jesus, I was about to ask you about that.
3: Not if he a punk, you don't. And a lot of our. Gospel singers that are living in this lifestyle, we ain't going to touch it. We ain't going to touch it. We're just going to let them just do what they do. And then you're going to let them worship that spirit across the nation. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on, right? And, and you can see it. Now, some sin go before us and some go behind us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see you can, you can, you can recognize homosexuality because it go before you.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So you just don't want to deal with it because you don't want to lose no memory. You don't want to lose them ties and them offerings. Because if you begin to ad- address it, guess what? Then you're going to uh, start dealing with your big givers. You don't want to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. So we just let
3: it keep going. We just keep compromising sin. We compromise it, and we make excuses for it instead of calling it what it is. It is what it is. See, that it, that's it. That's all. Yes, we mess up, but repent. Get up and move forward. Just repent. That's all you got to do is repent. We're not saying that you're not going to mess up. Because the Bible says a just man falls seven times when he gets back up. The point is I get up and I keep running forward. I don't run backwards. Whenever there's a Olympic that's running, when he has to pass the baton, he passes going forward. Am I lying? No, he passes going forward. The person in front of him grabs it and keeps running forward. The person in front of him does not backtrack and run backwards. Even if he drops the baton, he gets it and he keeps going forward. That's a fine thing.
0: Hmm. If yeah. You're
1: just joining us. You're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and we have with us tonight Elder Monica Brown. Elder Brown, let's talk a little bit about your book.
3: What would you like to know, sir? <laughs>
1: well, you know, it says, you know, you ha- the book is called Exposing the Truth, the Hidden Truth of Homosexuality.
3: Uh-huh.
1: You know, and I've known a lot of people who, or in that lifestyle, I actually have family members that, you know, it's it's ironic because I have a family member that's in that lifestyle and a family member that used to be in that lifestyle.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: so I have actually the perspective from both sides.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: on the one side, this family member is saying, you know, I didn't choose this lifestyle. Why would I choose a lifestyle where people are going to pick on me and do stuff mean to me? You know, I was born like this and then on the other side, the one that's not in the lifestyle anymore said, I chose to do everything I wanted to do, and it felt good.
3: Come on, come on, but thank you. (laughs) That's it, because life is choice-driven. We live and die by the choices we make.
1: You know, and he said, and just like I chose to be in, I chose to get out. He said, but the sad part about it, the reason I got out wasn't because I made a conscious decision and said, you know, this lifestyle is wrong. It was the consequence that I had to face that let me know I have to get out of this lifestyle. Yeah. You know, because the con- one of the consequences of that lifestyle was that um, one of my family members contracted HIV.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so he said, that's how I knew it was a choice. Because anything that you're doing, if it's right, why would you be penalized for
3: it? Uh-huh.
1: You know, well, the other person said, well, I didn't choose to do this because I, why would I go and have somebody penalize me for something? I wouldn't want to be penalized, so that's how I know it's not a choice.
0: hmm
1: You know, so, you know, but speaking on both sides, uh, tell me, who do you think? is making the who who do you think is right? I know who's right, but who do you think
3: <laughs> Well for sure the one that said that they you know they chose a the life. Because life is choice driven. You live and you die by the choices you make. You have a choice. Just like a person that commits murder, they have a choice. Just like a person that steals, they have a choice. Just like a person that decides to fornicate, they have a choice. We all have a choice. We, the one who choose to say, you know what, I want to go this way or I want to go this way. You know what I'm saying? And you are not. And you're, the person that said they're born gay, you know what? We're going to give this to them. They were born gay, but not with a genetic gene. There's no genetic gene. What it is, is a, a generational curse, a curse that has been attached to the bloodline. If you go back and begin to read about David and Bathsheba, remember when David stands with Bathsheba? Mm-hmm. David would have been okay had David just sinned with Bathsheba, you know repented, and it went all right. Mm-hmm. but what did David do? He committed murder
0: right,
3: and once David committed murder, what happened then that 's when david that 's when God sent the the prophet Nathan to David, and then God began to tell him, "You know what this is going to be a curse on your family it's going to be a murdering demon. you know what i 'm saying somebody's going to sleep with your wives in an open view." His murder going to go all across your house. So he put the curse up on David's family, on his blood, not on his generation. And as we begin to read further on, we see where, what, um, uh, one of his sons raped his daughter. His other son killed his other son. You know what I'm saying? So we and go on and see died. where.
1: You know, it, and it yes. started off with the first child. The first child died,
3: Didn't even make it. Thank you. So we see there, you know, that. Genera- that curses do fall up on our generation. The Bible tells us that the sins of our parents fall up on, the, you know, the sins of our parents fall up on our children mm-hmm. and children's children. So it's in our generation. But guess what? Somebody has to break the curse. Right. Somebody has to say, you know what, it stops with me. My son won't be gay. My daughter won't be gay. My son won't be a hoe. My daughter won't be a hoe. You know, it has to stop somewhere. So it's our responsibility. That's what the Bible tells us to train them up in the way that they should go. So when they're old, they won't depart. It's our responsibility to train our children. So we start seeing that at a young age. We see little Johnny at a, at two and three years old with his arm twisted and playing with dogs. We stop it right then. Mm-hmm. And we remold and restructure little Johnny. But when we continue to let it go on and go on, we might talk about it, but if you don't make take no action towards it, then a change can't take place. Right. See what I'm saying? The action has to be taken in order for a change to take place.
1: You know, let me ask another question on that. Because when you said that, it, it made me think. A lot of times, people, and I'm and I'm and I'm gonna tell you, even church people, they don't want you to rebuke their children. Come on. You know, like I, have, it is. I have three children, and That's I I remember. Um, I we had a concert at my church, and I had to leave the kids there for a minute to go and get dressed. Uh-huh. And I told the pastor, I said, Pastor, I have given you the authority.
0: <laughs> you know, because <laughs>
1: this is what I believe. I have to give the authority first. Correct. To, you know, to anybody who I choose to give it to. You know, cause that, and that's the thing. Nowadays, you have to say that. I give you the authority to take care of them and do whatever you need to do. If you need to tighten them up, tighten them up. Yeah. But nowadays, people, because they don't know authority, don't know how to give authority. Correct. And so when you go to rebuke a child, they immediately say, you know, because, and I found this to be very true even in, you know, in our society, uh-huh. that people, they don't like the authority.
3: That's right. I don't
1: like it. They don't like them. You call the police. Don't call the authorities on me now. <laughs> you know? Oh, they go. They go. Something. They go to judge. I don't like judges. I don't like police officers. <laughs> I, we don't respect police. We don't respect pastors. We don't respect people in authority. Yeah. And so when you come to tell a so particular person, well, tell me why.
3: Because they don't respect themselves. Ah. You, I'm serious. When you find like I look at my man of God, for example whom I have high respect for. I think he's an awesome leader, an awesome bishop, an awesome pastor. I mean, I watch him. He's an awesome husband, a good father. You know what I'm saying? Just watching his life. And he has so much respect because of the way he carries himself. He's very. He has. He's a man of integrity, a man of wisdom, a man of unquestionable character. Is he perfect? No. But he has integrity. He has character about himself.
0: Mm-hmm. You can trust
3: them. You see what I'm saying?
0: Right.
3: And a lot of times, you can't trust some of these people in position. We just talked about how they're messing over, you know, the people. Mhm. So you only respect because half the time somebody was telling me about this particular pastor. You know, has a very large church, and it's like, oh yeah, he was at the he'd be at the jazz bar and stuff, and I was like, that's really not a good customer. But guess what? Half his members be at the clubs and drinking. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that that's my point right there. Mm,
0: mm,
3: mm. But you can finish. I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted to say that one thing because that is really the reason why. Because they don't oh, no, know. I myself. agree. I agree.
1: <laughs> you know, and 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 it's funny you say that because again, you were gonna do what the authorities allow you to do. Come on, <laughs> boy! I gotta say that again. That sounded good. You yes. gonna do what the authorities allow you to do? Yes. And you so, will. You know, we're saying that a lot of times, even in the church, you'll have people that are going through these sexual problems, and you don't. You know, some churches will address it in a sermon. You mm-hmm. see where I'm going with this? Yeah. <laughs> they'll yes. address it in a sermon. Uh huh. They don't know, and they don't connect with the people that are out there. And Correct. They'll say. Oh, what are you doing? That's thin. You're going to hell. End of story. Okay. And that's not going to help somebody. See, the thing is, when somebody needs a rope, when they're, when they're about to, when you know, when they're falling off a cliff
0: and uh-huh. they're just hanging on by a thread,
1: you know, yes. you don't tell them how, how it's going to feel when they hit the ground.
0: <laughs> you throw them a rope.
1: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know? And when you get yes. on the rope, you don't put conditions on the rope. You don't say, okay, you're going to grab this rope make sure you – Make sure you're paying for this rope. Make sure you, you know, make sure you're working for this rope. No, you're yes. on the rope. Yes. You know, in so many of our churches, we keep talking about this rope that we're going to throw you, but we don't throw it.
3: We don't throw it. And we don't know how to deal with it because if if we could really understand compassion and love with the people, because the Bible says, "With love and kindness have adroned thee? Do you know how many homosexuals really just cling to me when I get ready to talk about something because they can see the love and the compassion that I have for their soul. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: You know, there are some I can get in their face and I can get real raw with them because they just have that spirit. You know, we can go raw in a conversation, but there are some I got to be real meek and gentle with in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Because you're trying to win the soul. You're not trying to tear down the spirit. You're trying to win the soul. And so the Bible says, he that wins souls must be wise. You cannot just beat them down to get their attention. Right. You see what I'm saying? You have to know how, first of all, you have to befriend them. <laughs> you, know saying? you have to befriend the person first.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And let them know that they can trust you, to talk to you, to confide in you, to where you're not going to go tell their business. And one thing I can say about you two people for those that are listening, you guys have great integrity. We were having a conversation earlier today, and I asked, Well, who is the person? Even though this person is public, they was like, Well, I can't tell you that. That's integrity. Although, technically, if they really wanted to, they could because it's public. But they was like, No, I can't tell you that. Why? Because the information was given to them, and they just felt like, I can't share that out past. You know, if you ain't seen it for yourself, I can't share it with you. That's integrity.
2: Elabron, well, you know, right now, I really believe a lot of people are listening right now that need to hear things from you, certain things from you, and I know one of those things is a person that's really struggling with homosexuality and just sexual addiction, and that probably was raped or molested when they were little, how in the world can I come out of this? You know, they're, they're going to church and they're not hearing that, that something, that, that that hope, that extra step that they need or that boost that they need to say, you know what, you can come out of this and this is how, and these are the steps that you would take to come out of this. What would you say to them?
3: Wow. That's really interesting because, you, you you know, you said some key things. They're already in church. They're already going to church. But it's not about going to a church. It's about connecting to a place where my spirit can be fed, yeah. where I can grow where I can connect to people that will really mentor me, because you need that.
0: Mm-hmm. But
3: the one thing, when I'm coming out of something, i got to leave the past where it's at. I can't take the past with me, whether it's clothes, whether it's jewelry, whether it's tapes, you know, like show tapes and stuff, because out here they have, like, lip-sync and stuff, and you get a copy of your lip-sync and you pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't take anything that's connected to your deliverance, you can't take it with you. If you're trying to be delivered and set free, you need to leave all of Pharaoh and all his kids in Egypt mm. and flee to the promised land. Mm. So I got to get stripped, you know what I'm saying, of that which I am I am used to, my comfort zone. And sometimes it hurts because sometimes some people I've talked to been in the lifestyle 20 years, for real, 20 years. So wow. all they have is, you know, a community of people that you know, live the same life that they live. So, what do you tell that person? It's like you gotta tell them to walk away, you know, from this and trust God. Well, how do I trust God? Cause I, you know, I don't know. But you gotta be. There's somebody that has to be that mentor to mentor them through. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to almost walk and hold their hand. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And walk them through the process. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just in your church and you're not being fed, then you're you haven't to the right to the right house. You have to look you have to take that time to search it out. Just like you you search out when you are looking for a job, you search it out, right? That's right. You do whatever it takes to get that right job. Fix your resume up, do whatever it takes to get that perfect job. When you go for in an interview, you, you dress for success. It's the same thing in a different way. Is that I'm looking for something to help me through my process. You know what I have to buy a couple of books. You know, whether I have to continue to call into this radio ministry and continue to talk to these brothers that have this program, you know, and they can connect me to some people, whatever I've got to do, I've got to get there. But I know I've got to leave Pharaoh and his kids in Egypt. I can't take them with me. Hmm. And it's going to be lonely. I'm not going to tell you that it's not going to be lonely. I'm not going to tell you that you're not going to cry. You're going to cry sometimes. Anybody that will tell you that is lying to you. You do have an emotional side. Folks don't want to deal with it, but it's there. It's reality. People cry. You know what I'm saying? Because you're hurting, because you are now taking 20 years of my life, and I'm bearing it. And because this is all I've known for 20 years, I don't know if I can trust this Jesus that y'all are talking about because I really don't know him. And I really don't know these people that even believe in this Jesus because I ain't been around these people. So now I've got to leave my comfort zone, and now I've got to come out into this new place. And now I've got to learn a group of people that I don't even know anything about. But if you want to be delivered, you've got to start with that process by leaving all that stuff, your, your friends, people that are connected to your lifestyle, you've got to let them go. If you've got to change your cell phone number, your house phone number, your email address, whatever it takes, you've got to do it. I had to do it. I'm talking from experience. I had to do it because I tried to do it the first time. Without it, guess what? It lasts about six months. And I was right back in the game. Why? Because I didn't want to let nothing go. I wanted to keep my friends. I wanted to call everybody to find out what happened at the club, you know, what happened, what was going on. What I need to know flying out there? But I, my, you know, my flesh still wanted to know. Anything that your flesh like, guess what? Your flesh going to feed and want more and more of it. So now i got to get into a church and i got to start reading my Bible you know I got to start trying to figure out what this Bible means because I ain't never picked up no Bible before, or if I was reading it was just something I was doing. I'd habit had it because the paper my grandmother taught me that when I was younger. That was my excuse of the reason why I still went to a church and I picked a gay church to go to in Houston,
0: hmm.
3: just to say I went because I got tired of my grandmother asking me about church.
1: You know, I wanna. You know that's that's one of the things I remember. <clears throat> My wife had actually had to attend one for a class. Just I oh, she was no. taking some type of social behaviors class or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she had to attend there's a there's a, a church here that it's um it's a local church.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And they have a large gay uh population in the church and it's it's uh-huh. it's sort of like one of those what do they call it? Uh metropolitan Faith or something like that type of church, uh-huh. and I remember when she went to the church. You know, they they were they just so happened to be teaching on Sodom and Gomorrah that Sunday. Wow! And so they were saying the reason that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't because they uh, were committing those. You know, because they were committing sexual sin. It was because they committed sexual sin against. Uh, an angel,
0: <laughs>
1: and i'm thinking, but isn't that still committing sin whether it's whether it was you know because that, well he, the reason he destroyed them is because they defiled an angel you know and I was th- you know the thing that 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 caught me on that is what they're teaching, and when you ask them about you know well what about what Jesus said in the book of John you know uh-huh. what about what Jesus said in the book of Romans, considering <laughs> homosexuality? Mm-hmm. Said, well, he wasn't talking about that You know, they don't want to You know, for some reason they don't want to Confront the issue And they said, well, Jesus would never tell you To love somebody You know, because they said That's not a hatred sin How is a uh-huh. sin If your only sin is that You love someone Uh-huh And, you know, in the in the statement that I've actually made to some people who made that, who who say that, uh-huh. you know, how can it be love if it's yeah. against God's word? Because God mm-hmm. told you. He is love. Yes. You know, that's and it, and I'm, that's I'm it. still waiting on an answer to that. So can yeah. you
3: tell me that answer? Yeah, you just said it. <laughs> God is love, so you cannot love if you don't have God, because He, as you just said, He is love. You don't, you don't even know love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. How do you even sing about love and talk about love when you don't even know the creator of love? And God is the creator of love. Right. And that's it, he what he tells us, he says that if we don't love him, you know what I'm saying, guess what? We hate him. Right. So he what you can't you can't you can't see him and love him at the same time. That's what the words says. That's the Bible.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The Bible tell you that. So that's it right there, you just you just write out the key point
2: ella brown when when yes. you when you were out in the world and you were you were dealing with the homosexuality and you were struggling with that
3: yeah mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it wasn't no struggle I practiced it I knew what I was doing
0: okay <laughs>
3: <laughs> I even struggle now, is when they confused. you know what I'm saying right, right. they don't know if it's right or wrong <laughs> <laughs> even
2: even when you were out there practicing
3: huh
2: did you experience God's love in the midst of all of that
3: Now, that's a difference. Yes, you can experience God's love because God says that he can, you know, have mercy on who he has mercy on. He said that. I have mercy on whoever I choose to have mercy on. So he chose, why? Because I have a call on my life because he chose me, you know what I'm saying, before the foundation of the world to preach the gospel. You know what I'm saying? But my life experiences helped me to fulfill that call because I had to go through some things. And I'm not saying God sent me through those things. That was my choice I made. But I went through those things. But, yes, he did because guess what? There were situations where he would wake people up in my family and have them pray for me.
0: Mm.
3: But that's not a guarantee. That's the only thing about it. You, it's being in the world is like playing Russian roulette. You don't know when the bullet is, bullet is going to come out the chamber. You just don't know when your time is going to be up. So when I came out the lifestyle, not when I came when God called me out the lifestyle, He specifically was like, okay, you know what? You will see 2003 come in, but you will not see it go out if you don't get your life together. Mm. If you don't repent, you won't see it come in, but you won't to see it go out. Mm. So you know what? So even though I had a call on my life and God had chosen me and all that wonderful good stuff that go with it, it didn't mean nothing if I didn't obey his voice when he said, you know what? This is my last time calling for you, my last call to you. You need to get it together. If you don't, you're not gonna see the end of the next year go out. Wow. And you will die. And you will die a painful death. I was like, wow. Okay. You know what? <laughs> you win. I'm kind of tired of this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and what I don't understand about people that get into same sex relationships are reasons like, you know, I had a bad marriage, I had a bad experience, I just got tired of try something different. Being in a same-sex relationship, the pain is worse than it could ever be. The heartbreak from another woman is worse than you could ever think about from a woman having a heartbreak from a man. Because you think that this individual is supposed to understand because she's the same sex. Or she's, supposed to be, she's supposed to understand you. She's supposed to be able to relate to you. She wouldn't hurt you like that because you've explained to her, about all the other pain that you've had with a man. So she's come in to treat you so different. But the devil is a liar because it's a trick. The pain is worse. She's going to cheat. She might put her hands on you. She might not want to work. It's the, it the same thing. It's the only thing is it's the same sex. But a lot of people think it's different. It's not different. Y'all have the same issues. They jealous, they insecure. They possessive. They're controlling.
0: They crazy. They lie.
3: They cheat. They're abusive. Same thing.
2: Were you depressed
3: when you were when you were pregnant? The devil no. I can't say that. No, I wasn't depressed, sir. No, I kinda enjoyed the pleasure of my sin for my season. I never went through depression, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Some people I have I have heard say that yeah, they did have been through it, but no, I wasn't depressed. I just God, I felt, knowing that I knew my life, I was wrong, and knowing that I knew God really loved me because I remember praying to God and asking him, telling him, I was like, you know, I'm, you know I love you. You know, I don't know who I was talking to because I said I was talking to God, but, you know, the Bible contradicts what I just said by me saying that I'm in sin and I'm talking about I love you. You know I love you. But I I just need three to five more years in this lifestyle. If you just give me three to five more years, I'll serve you. I guess he said, "What you think this is? Negotiation? This ain't a negotiation table." So I didn't have. He that was my last year. That year I prayed that prayer. That was my last year. Awesome. And I think I prayed that prayer in April or May of that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was over by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a done deal. Mm-hmm. So now I was depressed after every breakup. <laughs> when I said my heart was hurt. I was really hurt after every time I had a breakup with somebody who I said I loved and, you know, because, you know, when you get into a relationship with the same sex, the the relationships move very quickly. You know what I'm saying? You fall in love quickly or you think it's love, you know. So you have those feelings and they grow quickly for that same sex person.
1: Mm.
3: It just moves a lot quicker.
1: You know, I was, I was going to ask you about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What I've yeah. seen and experienced is that at first, in And most same sex relationships
0: wow. it's
1: about the sex mhm, and then it you know it gets to a point where it's not even about the sex anymore it actually becomes more about the control
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know because i i mean I, when I used to be out there in the world and I'd go to uh-huh. the clubs, I can remember there was a a particular uh girl, and she was gorgeous uh-huh and Whenever I would see her at the club, we had this sort of game that we would play. She'd say, anybody you try to talk to, I'm taking them home.
0: <laughs>
1: and I'd be, okay, okay, I tell you what, if you can get them to go home with you, then you don't have to buy a drink. Whenever you see me, I got you at the bar. And that's how that, that was the mindset because I was like, there's no way that she's going to be able to break my game up. You know, that was my thing. Oh, no, you can't. You know, you can't. You know, get with a female that's not even like that,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: she would always tell him. She said, "I bet you I can." You know, and so it was about control
0: mm-hmm.
1: with her. And I used to always tell her, "Girl, you don't want to be like that. Why don't you get with me?" You know, I change your life and all. You know, I I had this thing. I change. She's like, "No, yeah, you, I've heard you, all like that." Like any before.
3: average man, yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> you know, and you say she's like, "Yeah, I've heard all that before, but you don't know what a woman wants." Hmm. And, and so I used to always tell her. I said, "Well, you know, a socket can't connect to a socket, and a plug can't connect to a plug." Uh huh. And so, in saying all that, you know, how how is that a true connection? When they say, "Well, I love that person. I'm I'm connected. That's my soulmate." Mm-hmm. But how can it be a true connection?
3: Because remember that God is for heterosexual and that the devil is for homosexuals, right? He's for homosexuality, right? Uh. So guess what? He manipulates it just like he manipulates everything else. Yeah. Comes in with his spirit, you know, and manipulates it because he makes it seem so attractive and so, But you know, the devil, ain't, he ain't stupid. He ain't going to bring you no junk. He's going to bring you the best thing there is. He's going to bring you the best thing on the market. He's not going to come with no foolishness.
1: Right, because he want to he, he keep her.
3: He' trying to keep her. <laughs> so he's going to come out there. So when he first comes out, his game is strong too. Mm. You see know what I'm saying? Cause, and what I learned about reading a book from, um, it's called He Came to Set the Captives Free, and it deals with a lady, I don't know if you all heard about it, it, deals with a lady who was actually Satan's regional bride, and that's real deep because that's dealing with the demonic cult and all that. Mm. But short version of the story is that the demons... They do not, use, they don't get intoxicated in, in excess, and they do not use drugs because they do not want to alter their their mindset.
0: Mm.
3: Now, if they got a common enough sense not to alter their mindset by not inputting drugs and alcohol in their system, tell them what's wrong with the rest of us that get drunk <laughs> and use drugs? We say we Christians though. so I just want to know what's wrong with us that we can't see the vision. Because the demons see it, because they say they don't want their mindset altered. <laughs> that was deep. Like I said, it's a little deep right for radio tonight. Oh, no, I got it. Straight but I know you have it, and I know your brother man over here, co-host, have it. But for some of our listeners, that's a little deep. But I just want to throw that out there for those that think that it's okay to get drunk. Mm-hmm. And see, I can't, you know, people say, well, they, the Bible doesn't say drinking is a sin. And so, I say, in that, you know, well, I don't know what your limitations is, so I would never, ever, you would never hear me say that drinking is okay, because I don't know what your limitations are.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: You see what I'm saying? So, so, when when you when you were practicing, and you finished practicing, you say practicing, when you were uh-huh. practicing the, that lifestyle, mm-hmm. and God delivered you from that, we all know that. Once you're delivered, that doesn't stop the temptation. That doesn't stop the enemy from still bringing what you uh, were delivered from. How did you deal with that? How how did you fight back?
3: Can y'all believe that? I really didn't have that. The struggle I had with that was more or less like my my last two girlfriends. Um, one of them came back around, and that was very, a very hard temptation for me because she was a very – she was somebody that I was at the time. I really thought I loved, you know, and I was very attached to her son. So you get attached to people's kids and all that stuff. So i was really attached to the son. And so when she first came back, that really was that was a, that was my test right there to see are you gonna stand or are you gonna fall, you know. Did I make it? Yeah, I made it. But was it a str- Yes. Because guess what? You have to keep what, you, what it took to get delivered. It takes the same thing to stay delivered.
0: Mm-hmm. You can't
3: stop. You can't lose focus because it's the same thing that it took to get delivered. You have to stay on that same track to stay delivered. So if it's with reading your word, not if, but reading your word, praying, fasting, not, you know, accepting people's phone calls, not going by people's houses that you shouldn't go by, you can't do that. If you know that's your greatest temptation, you can't go over there. Because you will fall. You will fall, for sure. Without a shadow of a doubt. Because the enemy has set you up for failure. This year, I had two women approach me. One followed me home from the sport. And it blew my mind because I felt violated at that point. And the reason why I felt violated was because when I was in the gay lifestyle, I never confronted, I never tried to talk to women that were not in the community, meaning they had to be at the club gay pride, splash, somewhere that we were at that was a gay event for me to try to talk to them. You see what I'm saying? I never went outside of the circle and just hit on women. So when those two women stepped to me like that, that really, it it bothered me. Because I was like, you just violated me. You know what I'm saying? You just violated me. And then I had to ask myself, what is there about you that drew them to you? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I had to deal with that. And then and, and try to see, you know, was it the atmosphere I was in? Because one day I was at uh, a restaurant. It's called Cheddar's out here, Cheddar's Restaurant, and the lady tried to hit on me. The first time I was at Walmart, and I was like, well, maybe it was something I had on, you know, and it, it, these pair of shoes I have. And when I wear them, and, and if you see them, you just be like them shoes, but it's something about these particular sandals that carry a certain sex appeal about them. And I really didn't know that until other people began to say it to me. And I was like, okay, then, maybe that was it. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe the spirit, she seen some residue that I didn't know I had there. You no, know, I still never really pinpointed that thing, but I know I didn't entertain that spirit. I let them, let her know right then and and gave her my website and told her she could purchase a book <laughs> if she desired, because I ain't, I ain't been there that that last five years. That's not one of my struggles. It's not.
0: Good,
3: awesome. I thank God for that. Don't get me wrong; I'm not boasting, but I just thank God that that's not my struggle.
0: Yes, I, I
2: just think that was very important for the listeners to hear mm-hmm. you—you know—to hear you say that
1: because uh-huh. they are listening. Trust yes. me, they are listening. So, well, if someone wanted to contact you, how would they do that? If they want um, you to come in and maybe speak to their group or their church. How would they be able to contact you?
3: They mm-hmm. go to our website at um, www dot Monica Brown Ministries dot com um, or you can go to MySpace. <laughs> so everybody has a MySpace page and mine will be w dot MySpace dot com backslash Devil Chaser.
0: Hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah, That's that, you know, that, that website address of mine, Devil Chaser. But yes, it's just Monica Brown Ministries dot com and we're getting ready to have a sexual healing conference here in Houston um, November 8th, ninth. I'm sorry, November 9th, no, 8th, ninth, and 10th. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We haven't posted on our website yet because we wait for the lady to finish the actual flyer to post it. Mm. But it's here in Houston, of course. And if you can't make it and you just really um, see this ministry as a need to help others, please, by all means, help us meet our $20,000 budget by just sowing a seed to us. And you can go to our website and our PO boxes on there because our conferences are free because I don't want anybody to have an excuse why they can't come to a conference, you know. Okay. We want you to freely come and get the word and just be blessed.
2: Ella Brown, do you offer any other services other than, than speaking?
3: Yeah, I do a lot of, believe it or not, and I can't, in Texas, you can't call yourself a counselor, you know, until you actually are licensed here. So I actually minister to a lot of people over the fall by way of email. Um, I have people call me all the time. We have a prayer ministry on Monday nights um, that's posted on our website as well. Um, we do that. And like I said, people contact me a lot by email. And eventually I might give them my telephone number, and then I conversate. You know, I meet a lot of local people here in Houston and go to Starbucks and sit on and talk to people all the time. <laughs> so that's really what I do. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And it's important, you know, to me to uh, be able to really minister because there's so many hurting people who are out there who's trying to be delivered, whether it's from pornography, masturbation, fornication, adultery. They're trying to be delivered. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, that's it, fellas. <laughs>
1: Elder Brown, I'm going to go to a caller right quick. Let's see, okay. we have a caller from the 302 area code. Caller, okay. are you there? It's the Doctor May. Ha, <laughs> ha, Dr. Morton, how are you? Incredible. How about yourself?
0: Hey, blessed, brother, blessed.
2: How are you doing, Dr. Morton?
0: Outstanding, man.
2: Good, good, good.
0: Obviously, I keep up with what's going on with your broadcast, and I saw the woman of God who is on tonight, and I wanted to uh, simply applaud her for her efforts in this very sensitive arena to the body of Christ. It is the one arena that the Bible says we commit sin against our own bodies. And so uh, there, there's a sexual vice and grip on the body of Christ that this woman is called to expose and deliver people from. So I just appreciate you, woman of God.
3: Thank you so much, man of God. Certainly. Thank you. Continue to pray for us, please.
0: Absolutely. Yes,
3: yes.
0: Thank you,
1: Dr. Yes. Morton. Yes. Yes, and uh. Doctor Martin, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get y'all together.
0: Okay, gotta work.
1: You know, I, I, uh, I've what I truly believe is that it was no mistake that you were listening tonight. Yes, sir. You know, so there's a reason behind that, and God's gonna get His glory through that.
0: Amen. Yes, sir.
1: So we we'll definitely have to get y'all together because maybe she just maybe God wants her to come out to uh, the northeast.
0: Yeah, that, that would be absolutely outstanding, man, particularly for uh, we have the women's conference next year in 08 in May, and she sounds like she has a word from God in a particular area that would bless the people in this area. So I'd like to talk with her about it. Ms. please call me,
3: um, Bishop.
0: We'll,
2: we'll make sure he gets it. Brian, we can make sure he gets the uh, phone number, right? Yeah. Okay, oh, thank definitely you so much. Definitely. Yes, we'll pass that on to Dr. Morton, and at there, we God is already connecting his people to do the work that needs to be done. Amen. So this is just this is just awesome. God is really doing just what he said he'll do. Amen. Elder Brown, we thank you so much for coming on the show.
3: I thank you all for letting me come. It was a blessing as always. I'm yes. totally privileged and honored, very humbly excited to be a part of your broadcast tonight.
2: Thank you so much. And you know what? There are a lot of listeners out there tonight and We're going to email this broadcast all over the place Because it's something that's needed Because a lot of people are too embarrassed to come forth A lot of people say that they want to be delivered But they don't know Christ They don't know anything about Him Yes But it's it's, it's the church, not the four walls It's the church that's us, the, the bodies of Christ right now on this phone Dr. Yes. Hortons and the elder Monica Browns and... and it, you know, we just have to be bold to go out there yes. and, and, and talk with people and let them know that God is love. Like, you yes, He is love, and there's nothing yes, on this earth that He cannot hear. Yes,
3: you are right.
2: There's nothing He can't hear. But, so Elder Brown, we have a minute left. What is it that you want to say to someone that's out there that's struggling, that needs to hear something from you?
3: No, what my only thing is that is that you really begin to hear the voice of God. And don't ignore those si- those small signs and them small words you're hearing. You know, don't be afraid to reach out for help because there are people out there that's willing to you know to mentor you through this process and actually just be there to be your prayer partner, your intercessor. Because we are supposed to pray for one another. Because the Bible says the strong bears the infirmity of the weak. So we are here to bear your weak moments with you and push you to your destiny. Yes.
0: yes.
2: With that being said. Well, LeBron, we met our goal for tonight. And that's helping others be more, do more, yes. have more. Well, God is able. Yes. And you've just exposed the hidden truth of homosexuality, molestation, all of that. It all, it's all wrapped in one. Yes. Well
0: appreciate
2: month. y'all. Yes. yes. Thank you so much and thank you. Okay, thank so much. y'all too.
0: Be blessed.
2: Yes. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundance Solutions Hour, and we thank you, and we ask that you join us on Monday. Good night.